0: nights there we are hello Woo! hello I'm Glad that you're here tonight. Uh, just excited to be here at Newport News. But we, before we jump into tonight's sermon, we've got a special guest with us tonight. And uh, so um, we've got a missions trip to the Dominican Republic coming up here in just a little bit. And uh, the, the man that is going to be helping make that trip happen um, and uh, make everything take its place um, is going to be here tonight, just speaking to us for a few minutes, just to let us know what's happening, what's taking place, and all the awesome things that that team has to look forward to and that we as a church get to partner with them tonight. So, will you give me a city life Welcome for Mr. Carlos. Thank you.
1: That's Thank you. Awesome. So, hi everyone. So, my name is Carlos Nunez. I'm from the Dominican Republic. And it's this is a joy to be here in this place and praising the same God that we praise in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. And I I work for Food for the Hungry as a Tinco Dinero. In the Dominican Republic, so I am the one that received the team when the team get to the airport, and it is and I, I spend the the whole week with them making sure that everything is okay. So the first the first face that you guys are going to see is my face there. So <laughs> so I welcome you guys in advance. So let me let me share to you guys about how I started start working for Food for the Hungry. I grew up in a community that is called Yamasa. It's about one and a half hour from Santo Domingo. And I was a sponsor child in that community. The same like a sponsor children that you guys are doing in the community of La Guasara. So I want to thank you guys for doing that. I want to thank you church for partnering, partnering with Food for the Hungry. And developing this community. When I, when I was growing up in that community, I remember that when I was nine years, Food for the Hungry, I started working in my community and was uh, making ways so we can go to, to a school. And that was really important to me because I also have a sponsor family from, from Madison, Wisconsin. And when I was 12 years, I got to meet them i met they went to my house and i remember that the first gift that they gave to me was a bible for that time i was waiting for a nice thing like a car <laughs> <laughs> so thank god that that didn't happen and thanks to that i might have an eternal life through that gift because from that time i started reading my bible i went to i was attending to the food for the hungry programs like. Bible classes to the children in a local school. And then when I finished high school, I have to move to the capital to go to the university. And I just felt you know, the the need to go back to my hometown to help my people that were there in my hometown. So I volunteered for Food for the Hungry for two and a half years, working as a volunteer for them, like uh, delivering leather with the children and also uh, helping the team that were coming out to my community. And it was a great joy just to see how God was, uh, changed my life. So I wanted to give that back to others. And then about uh, four months after that, I got uh, hired by Food for the Hungry to work as a sponsor relationship in the same community. Then I got promoted to work as a team coordinator. So. I just want to encourage you guys to, you know, sponsor children because this is a way that you can change someone' life. And right now, like I see this package, and about 15 years ago, there was a picture of me in that package. So I wanna thank you guys for that.
0: Thank you so much for sharing and allowing us to connect and partner with you. We're excited for what uh, is going to happen on this trip. Um, the, the team that is going, they are connecting. Uh, you can go and see it. The. The um, booth that they have out in the lobby. They're, collect, they're connecting um, with the church and helping to collect medical supplies and all kinds of things. So you can go ahead and start donating those today. Um, go to the booth and talk to them and make sure you get the supplies out there. But man, this is it's just exciting just to even just to hear his testimony of like, hey, listen, I'm a life changed for Christ because of the little bit that you gave, right? And uh, just to think how many times that's going to be multiplied uh, through what God's using City Life to do in, uh, in the DR. So we're just excited about that. And uh, we're excited tonight too to have uh, Mr... Uh, Francesco here with us. He's the one that's actually connected us to the Dominican Republic and uh, allowed these things to happen. And so we're excited here. So uh, tonight we got a little giveaway for you. This is our soap for hope uh, that uh, Stephanie and Gretchen are using for raising money for their adoption. And uh, so uh, making some soap and uh, it's good stuff. It smells amazing. It smells amazing. So make sure you buy some soap. All right. It's good stuff. So Hey, and also, too, just another announcement. We've, we are an active church. We got a lot of stuff going on. The fall is here, right? Coming up, November. How many of you guys have got one of these things on right here? Girls, yeah. ladies, right? Marriage retreat coming up November 7th and 8th, all right, it's coming up. It's going to be in Virginia Beach Oceanfront, so make sure you're going out to the booth as well in the lobby um, and seeing that team and just signing up, registering for the marriage retreat. It's going to be fantastic. Um, It's going to be November 7th and 8th, a weekend away on the oceanfront with your spouse in a hotel with no kids. Jesus, come on. All right, let's pray real quick. Lord, we thank you for being such a faithful God and just um, being with us, and God, we thank you um, that even tonight we've been able to fill your presence in such a rich way to know that you're here with us. God there's no telling where each one of us are where our circumstances have us in this moment where life situations have dictated our feelings and our emotions and we find ourselves in a place where you were here to be our sanctuary to be our shelter to be our source of hope, to be our source of joy and peace. And God, that we just pray tonight as we continue to dive into this series and as we look into your word that you will speak to us. God, that you will open our eyes to the reality of who you are, how great you are, how magnificent you are, how powerful you are. God, that you will change us, that you will move us closer to you. God, that you will tonight help even further reveal the destiny that you have for us for your glory. God, we pray that that happens tonight as we look into your word. God, we thank you, Lord, that you give us small glimpses in this life to be able to have an ability to hope for the future. And God, I thank you so much, Lord, that whatever expectation that I could have had for my dolphins today, they've been exceeding them. And whatever expectations the Patriots fan have, they've been discouraged and defeated already. And God, I thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, amen good stuff hey I'm just saying Brady got benched I mean that's just awesome so hey any Orioles fans any Orioles fans come on Orioles they're in the playoffs deep in the playoffs we're just owning the Tigers right now it's good stuff right now I mean come on seriously it's good I'm excited about it because listen I've been a Dolphins fan and a Baltimore Orioles fan ever since I was a little boy right I've had no reason to hope when it comes to professional athletics my entire adult life, I've had no reason for it, and it's just been, it's been bad, and it spilled over. I know this is going to be a shock to many of you in this room looking at me up here now, but I'm not the most athletic of people. And so, and even with sports in general, just not even have I picked teams that don't flourish, I haven't flourished in athletics myself. And so when, when I was thinking about the sermon series just of hope, I was just thinking about sports and just all that, because a lot of times, you know, to say, I was even just talking to somebody recently before the season started, you know, hey, how are your Dolphins going to do? And I'm just like, hey, I hope they do great this year. They've got the people they need. I mean, who knows, right? Hopefully it turns out well. Just threw the word out there, hope, right? I hope it happens. And then I started laughing, just thinking about just even how in my own life when it came to sports, I was thinking about how I used the word hope in connection with sports my entire life, whether it's the fan, the team. That I cheer for, or in my own life, it's always been just like, I hope that something happens because I have no clue. I have no confidence in the Dolphins. I have no confidence in the Orioles. I definitely have no confidence in my athletic ability, right? Case in point, here's an example. Again, I know this is going to be a shocker to you because you're like, you're probably the best one on the softball team or baseball team or soccer team, (laughs) anything you've tried. I know this is a shock to you. But recently, Recently I was playing, uh, well not recently, it was a while back, but I was playing some games and uh, playing, uh, um, playing baseball and I was standing up at the plate. It was my turn to bat. It was 0 and 2 count, right? So it's an 0 and 2 count. There's two outs. It's the bottom of the inning. It's the end of the game. We got a base. somebody on first base, somebody on third base. And I walk up and I'm just standing there at the plate. You know what's going through my head the whole time? You know what's going through my head? I hope I don't strike out. I hope I don't strike out, right? Just standing there, that's all I'm just saying. I'm just staring at the pitcher and it's like I hope this happens. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't even know if I'm going to swing, right? At best, maybe he's just going to start this milfing it and he's just going to start throwing me four balls here and I'm just going to walk, right? That's my hope, right? That's the best hope that I've got in this moment. So I'm just standing there and I'm just waiting and waiting, just like what's going to happen in this moment? And sure enough, the ball comes, Whew. strike three. And I turn around and look at my team and they're just like, what in the world, right? And of course, the whole time they were just back, there, just going, why is Jamie up at the bat right now, right? And they're just saying, I hope that this turns out differently, and it didn't. The even more unfortunate part is it was recently, it was two years ago in slow pitch softball, and it was a co-ed team. But, you know, regardless, you know, uh, of what's going on this... That's where I'm at, right? When it comes to hope, it's just like, man, I hope this turns out. And my definition of hope in in life, our definition of hope is we wish, right? Hope has been equated to I don't have a confidence in something, but I've got an ability to see the future, and I wish that it is going to be different. I've got this sense in me, there's something in me that allows me to look into the future and say, I believe that things can be different. But really what it comes down to is that we wish things to be different. There's not much of a confidence in things being different. And so we use the word hope as wish. We wish it would be different. And we look at our circumstances. We look at the things that are happening in our lives. And that's really what we say. I wish this would be different. And so that's where we end up. In using that word. And, and as we've just been talking about the series, and we're going to continue with the series, and this is going to develop over time just for us and the story of City Life Church, we want to make sure that we have a true understanding, a biblical understanding of the word hope. What is hope, and what does that mean for us as followers of Christ? Because as followers of Christ, we should have a confident hope. We shouldn't just look at the life that we're living in all of our situations, all the opportunities that we have, and say, I wish... But we should be able to look into the future and have a confidence of something that we do not yet see to be a reality. And so we've got to get an understanding to be a church that can make an impact and a difference in this community. We need to make sure that we have an understanding of what a biblical definition of hope is. Because we don't want to be a church that's limping, a church is kind of just walking where we say, Hey, I see the difference we can make. I wish we could do that. I hope that we could do that. But instead, we want to be a church that dreams big, lives big, looks into the future, that looks into the needs of this community, looks into the helplessness of people, the hopelessness that is present in this community, and says, you know what? I know what Christ has done in me, and because I know that, I can have confidence that he can do that in that situation. And that we walk with a confidence and a strength and a determination. And so when we talk about Project Hope, there's an aspect that we need to understand what hope is, and we also need to understand that when we truly get that sense of what the biblical meaning of hope is, that it propels us, that it moves us forward, that it gives us reason for action, that the hope that we have with inside of us is not something that we lock away, but it's something that we get to share and that we get to give because the very hope we're talking about is Jesus Christ himself. We're going to be in Romans tonight. You can open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 15. Hopefully you can do it quickly because I'm going to go ahead and start reading. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, the definition that, that Webster gives for hope is this, a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. A feeling or an expectation, desire, for a certain thing to happen. Here's what the biblical definition. When you look at hope, the, when you look at the original context and the original words of hope, here's the definition that you can find is a strong and confident expectation. There's a difference there. It's not a feeling. It's not a wish. It's not a maybe, if, then, what, if. Ah ah! It's a confident hope. It's an ability to look at it and to have a strong and confident expectation of something that you do not see becoming a reality because of who God is and what he has made possible through Jesus Christ. So tonight what we're going to do is, they're going to use this as our verse to keep us grounded. And we're going to work through this verse a little bit today. But tonight what we're going to do is we're going to move into another verse just to help us get a little bit of understanding of this phrase here in Romans chapter 15. In verse 13, it says, I pray that God, the source of hope. What does that mean? He is the source of hope. What does that mean for us? What does that look for us? I think an incredible illustration of this is found in Hebrews. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, in chapter 6, in verse 19, he says this. He says, we have this as a sure, maybe it's her, who knows, the writer of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 we have this as a sure—does that mess you up when I do that? Start reading a verse, and then I say something different. Does that mess you up? Yeah, okay. I'm just trying to help out the people that can't stay focused like me, right? This, this helps them, right? If this is messing you up, I'm sorry, but i got to love my people. All right, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. We have—I hope you're okay with that. I'm just—okay, I'm done. I'm done. All right, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Verse 20, where Jesus is gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So here's this fun little illustration that we've got here in Hebrews. I think it's a powerful illustration as we go through and look at what it is that God is a source of hope for us. Here in Hebrews, he talks about Jesus being the anchor of our souls. So we're going to look at an anchor and what an anchor does and allow that to give us a little bit of a picture of who Jesus is and, and give us a deeper and, and, and more profound understanding of what hope really is. Here in Hebrews chapter 6 when it says Jesus is the anchor of the soul, let we'll take the idea of an anchor and which actually look at the anchor. An anchor is something that is outside of the boat that you throw into the water. It sinks to the depths of the end of the water. It sinks into the sand in the bottom of the ocean, lake, river, whatever, pond. Yeah, those are good bodies of waters. So it sinks into the bottom, and then it secures the boat where it is. Here's a profound thing just to think about when you think about hope. What gets us to a place oftentimes when we say, I wish, and we start thinking about hope, is that we, we look at our own situations and we look at what's happening. Maybe there's something that's taking place in our life, and, and we do. We look at it and we say, man, I wish it would be different. I, I really don't enjoy where I'm at. I don't enjoy how this situation makes me feel. I don't, I don't enjoy the circumstances that are present and the challenges it gives me. I don't, I don't enjoy those things. Maybe it's heartbreaking. Maybe it's not you just enjoy it. It breaks your heart. Maybe you look at it and you're just like, you're, you're right on the edge, you're, you're looking at it, you're, you're in a new situation, and you look at all the potential that is there, and you're like, man, I'm right on the cusp of doing something, like, there's just an excitement inside of your heart of like, ah, I, everything's getting ready to be different, and so you've got this sense of excitement, and you look at it, and you say, man, I, I just, I hope, and you look at it, and, and really, it just comes down to you saying, okay, what do I've got to do? And what moves us from a place of of having this sense of a a confident expectation for moving to this feeling of maybe something can happen is our direction in which we look for the source of hope. My first point for you tonight is, is the source of hope determines the certainty of our confidence. The source of hope determines the certainty of our confidence. So here's the idea with an anchor. When I was talking about it, anchor is outside of the boat. If you try to anchor the boat with something that's inside the boat, with something that is a part of the boat, it would not work right? If you tried to just anchor it in some other way, it's not going to work. But an anchor itself has to be outside of the boat in a place where you cannot see and not even be like me. I'm not a boater and Fred jokes on me all the time about my understanding of how anchors really work and has asked me not to describe it. So an anchor, it works deep in the water where you can't see it. I have to have absolute faith that it's working because I thought I knew and man was I wrong. So an anchor, it works deep in the places that you cannot see it to do its job. It's outside of the boat. If you just tried to take a boat that's floating in the water and attach things to the outside where you could see them and try to secure them, you're not going to do anything other than look ridiculous out on the water. But if you say, I need to be secured here so that we can go and we can swim, we can have fun, or we need to be secured here because there's a situation that's requiring us to do some things to get ourselves to be safe because of what's coming. You take the anchor, you throw it outside of the boat. Why does that mean anything? Because what happens is we've got to get, and we've got to understand that in our own lives, we move to this place that oftentimes our source of hope is something that we find in ourselves. So we find ourselves in a situation where you say, man, I wish this situation to be different. I really don't enjoy the way things are going at my job, the interaction that I have with people. I really would like for this to be different. So instead of saying, God, you are the source of hope, I'm going to look to you, and I'm going to trust that you have me here for a reason and for a purpose, and whatever it is, you're going to do something in me, and as you do something in me, you're going to do something in somebody else, and I'm going to have confidence in that. Instead, oftentimes, it's easier for us to say, okay, what can I do? How can I change this? So we start doing different things. We change the way we dress. We change the way we talk. We change out who we go to lunch with. Maybe we rearrange our desk every other day. Maybe because where your post-its are, it's going to affect something, right? You just go through and you're just like, what can I do? How can I change this situation? Maybe it's your marriage. You're going through and you're looking at your marriage. Man, I wish our marriage was stronger. I wish it was a little bit better. A really awful 90s song just popping in my head. So... Wow. Okay. So you go through and you look at your own life and you say, man, I wish my marriage was different. I wish this was happening. And, and you look at those situations that are there and you're just like, how can I fix this? What can I do? So you go through and you start taking upon yourself responsibilities that maybe are good. Maybe they're the right intention. Maybe it's something that you should do. But you take it upon yourself and you say, if I do this, And you start carrying a cross that's not meant for you to be carried alone. You start taking on a responsibility that's not yours to carry. And what happens is, is that you're actually saying, I wish to be different. And taking it in your own hands is taking the wrong anchor. I know enough about anchors to know this, that if you're on a boat and you don't have the right anchor for that boat. And you throw it out on the water, you might feel secure for a moment. But when the current changes and the wind increases, a storm comes, that anchor is going to lose hold. If you grab a hold of the wrong anchor and you say, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is going to secure me. So my, my, my intelligence is going to secure me. My, my ability, my gift sets are going to secure me. My decisions to change a circumstance or to do something differently, it's going to secure me. It's going to fix everything. It's the wrong anchor. It's, it's, it's a flawed anchor. You're going to overweigh yourself or at best you're going to just throw something out and you're going to find yourself floating somewhere that you wish you weren't. See, if you try to find an anchor inside of yourself, there's nothing inside of you that can actually sustain you. You're asking yourself to do something you can't do. You find yourself in a situation where emotions are high, tensions are high. You're asking yourself to remove your emotions and to calm yourself down, you can't do that. But if you have an anchor that is outside of you, it can calm you, it can sustain you, it can stabilize you and work in the depths, in the deep parts of you where you yourself can never reach. See, the anchor is outside of the boat. And it makes a difference if we understand what our source of hope is. Because the source of your hope is going to determine the confidence that you can have. And if you're looking at yourself and you're saying, I can do this, I can fix this, my finances are a mess, you know what, I'm going to pull out the spreadsheet and I'm going to start doing it. Maybe you can create a sexy spreadsheet, that's awesome for you. But how long is that going to last? How long is that going to last? But if you stop and you say, God, my, fa- my finances are yours. You're my source of hope. You're my source of direction. So I'm going to turn to you. I'm going to look to you. I'm going to allow you to be the anchor in this situation. I'm going to allow you to be the one that finds that I find security and rest and all things in. And I'm going to allow you to secure me to where I am right now. And I'm going to ask you to give me direction. Then your confidence begins to change. Your outlook on what you have begins to change. What you use your money for and how you use it begins to change. Your confidence is determined by the source of hope that you have. Our earthly hopes at best are going to be insufficient anchors. And we need to look to Jesus, who is the sure anchor of our souls. It says this in 1 Timothy 1.15. Here's a word. This is the message translation. Here's a word you can take to heart and depend on. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. This is Paul condensing the gospel down. He does this five times through his epistles. They're fantastic thoughts, and I love reading them. But Paul just hey, here's something that you can take. This is something you can secure yourself to. Here is an anchor that you can hold on to no matter what's taking place. Timothy's getting ready to take on his ministry, and he's getting ready to pastor a bunch of knuckleheads and do all kinds of crazy stuff. And Paul looks at him and says, listen, here's something. When all things seem like they're falling apart, when all, thing, when all chaos seems to be present, here's what you can anchor yourself to. Here's what you can se- secure yourself to. It's that Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He came into the world. And that is a huge reality that we've got to get and understand that he is our source of hope. That he's not elusive, he's not out there just waiting and hoping that maybe one day that we will be connected to him, but that he is present, that he is real, that he is the anchor for our souls. If you go on and read the rest of this in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, he's a steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the place behind the curtain. I love the imagery of this idea of the anchor, that it's an anchor that keeps you where you're supposed to be. Oftentimes, here's what we do when we get into difficult situations and things get bad, is that we want to run, right? It's called the fight or flight reality, right? We get into a situation, things are difficult, sometimes we want to bear down and we just want to put up our hands and start throwing down, right? Maybe sometimes it's so overwhelming you just want to run like a little girl and don't even care what people think, right? (laughs) You just want to get out of there. It's a fight or flight, right? That's the way it is. But listen, when we look to Jesus as a source of hope, He anchors us. He keeps us. Listen, Jesus, when it says there in in, in Hebrews chapter 6, he went in the inner, inner place behind the curtain. Jesus did for us what we can never do for ourselves. When it's talking about the curtain, it's talking about the curtain that was present in the temple that only certain people could go behind if they did certain things at the certain time and they happened to be chosen in a certain way and if, while they were in there, God seemed to be okay with them and they didn't die, they were able to go in there, right? That's the way it was before. Jesus came, ripped that curtain in half that, so that you and I could continually, at all times, in any circumstance, in any situation, be present with God, be in relationship with God, have access to God, to know that he is with us, that he's walking with us, and we are able to have a secure confidence. So what does that do for us? Instead of wanting to fight, hunker down, and find hope within ourselves, or running, we're able to say, you know what? I've got a source of hope that keeps me. See, when we get into difficult situations, what we want God oftentimes to be, we want him to be a coast guard, right? We want him to be a coastie. Come around, fly with a helicopter. Man, the storm's getting bad. Your situation's bad. Your boat's halfway into the water you're going to be in a bum you know bummed out situation here in a few minutes if i don't do something right so you know what i feel bad for you i'm going to pull you out of the situation right when we look at storms and we look at those things in our lives we want god to come and rescue us out of that situation we want him to move us out of that situation quickly god i need out i need out but what is this scripture verse saying that are an anchor to our soul you know what happens when you're in a boat and a storm starts coming you can try to outrun it right But if it's there and it just happens quickly, what's the best thing to do? And if I'm wrong, Pastor Fred, just go with it, all right? What's the best thing to do? Just drop the anchor, right, and secure yourself. Because when you're secured in that place, it's going to keep you. You can ride out the storm. See, we want God to remove us from the storm, but God is saying, I'm going to keep you in the storm. Right, We choose the wrong anchor. What we're doing is saying, I'm going to take something in on myself. It's the wrong anchor. It's going to get me in the wrong place at the wrong time because I'm chasing after something that I shouldn't be chasing after, and I'm running from something maybe that God has for me. Because when he keeps us in the hardest of storms, when he keeps us in the most difficult of places, when he keeps us where we don't want to be at times, But he is our source of hope in those situations and those deepest, darkest of places. He does things in us that could never otherwise happen. That when you're in that storm and when you're in that situation, he is your source of hope. You are able to say, God, I look to you. There's a storm now, but I know that the storm's going to be gone. And when the storm's gone, I'm going to be in the same place that I was before the storm came that you're going to protect me, that you're going to care for me, that you're going to love me, that I'm going to be here with you. And when I'm here with you, the potential of what could happen, the destiny that is present with you is far greater than when my source of hope is anything other than you. Because if you read the rest of this verse in Hebrews chapter six, are you guys still with me? Yeah. Yeah. Hebrews chapter six, if you're not, I only got a few more minutes, so I'm going to shut up. <laughs> verse 20, Jesus has gone this, So finish up verse 19. It says "A hope that enters the inner place behind the curtain. Verse 20, where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Here's the fascinating thing about this. Maybe I can impress Pastor Fred in this a little bit. But oftentimes, if you're a sailor, you're told that it's best for you to have two different anchors on your boat. Some anchors that are used, is called a warping anchor. Sailors oftentimes will send an anchor ahead of them. They'll send it out, either throwing it out or send it out in a boat in front of them so that it can get them in the direction that they're supposed to be going. See, when Jesus is the anchor of your soul and God is the source of your hope, he reminds you that he's done in the past what you could not do. That he has given you access to the living God, the creator of this universe. That you're able to be in an intimate relationship with him that he is broken, he has torn that curtain in half, and that we now have full access to God through Jesus Christ. And in that, he reminds us that he is presently with us, that he keeps us in our storms, he keeps us in our circumstances and situations that we don't want. He helps us to prevail, he cares for us, he loves for us in these present times, and that yet, at the same time, he gives us a hope of the future. He gives us an ability to say that he has already gone before us. He is in the future, waiting, and calling and saying, I have a destiny for you. It's greater than you can imagine. I'm here waiting. And he's an anchor that pulls us in the direction that we're supposed to go. When he is our anchor to our soul, we don't just get hunkered down and just become motionless and nothing. When we are anchored to Jesus Christ, He is our source of hope. He keeps us, he reminds us, and he shows us what he yet is wants to do. It's powerful when you look at the scripture and you look at it because when you look at our own lives, what do we try to do? What do I do? I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself when I'm in a difficult situation. What do I do? I try to fix it myself. I come up with my ideas. Nobody else agrees, but I think I'm pretty smart, right? And so I try to come up with all these ideas and do all this different stuff because I can fix the situation. But what do I do? I find myself oftentimes isolated. I find myself fighting against things that I shouldn't fight against. Where instead, if I say, God, you're my source of hope, I'm going to run to you. I'm going to look to you, and I'm going to hope in you. It changes all the circumstances and situations. That it doesn't just help me to be able to survive, but it helps me to be secure in the situation that I find myself. In. And it gives me a true sense of hope, a potential to look and see that what God has for me, not what I can create for myself. So let's wrap up with this. Our ability to hope is the very thing that will connect us to Christ. So if Jesus is the anchor to our souls, your ability to hope is the chain that is connected to the anchor, connects the anchor to the boat. Unique to us homo sapiens is the ability to look to the future and hope for it to be different. The ability to look to the future and see a different reality than what is present in front of us. See, if an animal is just running around, they're just running around, they're, they're, they're running off of instinct, they're running off of what they see. What they see is what they know, and that's it. When we're going in a situation, amazing, awful, great, falling apart, whatever it is, we have the ability to look at that situation and say it can be different. Our job is to take that God-given gift, that chain that He's given us, and connect it to the anchor of Jesus Christ. Because oftentimes we go through life and we take that chain and we see that chain and we're carrying it, and we're saying, you know what? Hey, this is what I've been given, this is what I have, and I'm gonna attach it to something else. We attach ourselves to the wrong anchor, and we find ourselves saying, I'm secure, I'm good, and then the wind blows, and then we're like, whoa, we're moving, and we're in a different place. We find ourselves in the middle of a storm, we're good, and we got this anchor. You know what? If I just find the right spouse, if I just find the right spouse, everything would be better, man. I know it could be different. If I just get the right person, they could fix all my problems. And then you get into a year and you got, I got double the problems. What (laughs) happens? You got the wrong anchor, right? So we've got to go through and we've got to look and we say, what do we do? When we look at these situations, it's not hopeless situations. It's incredible situations of potential hope that we can look at it and say, I've been trying myself, and guess what? I can't do it. But I got a God who's already done it, and through him is promising that I can do more than what I could even imagine to do. In Romans chapter 15, let's finish it up. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy joy and peace because you trust in him. Jesus, the anchor of our souls. He's not just a a flawed. He's he's not he's not a flawed, I should say not just a he's not a flawed hope. He's not a wishy-washy idea. He's not this concept that maybe can make a difference. Jesus is the anchor to our souls. He is the source of our hope. He is a promise that is fulfilled to us and for us. Jesus is the source of our hope, and he is a promise that we can hold on to. He's a promise that when you're in a difficult situation and you anchor yourself to God, that it's not just, okay, I've anchored myself to Him, well, let's just see what happens. But when you anchor yourself to Him, no matter what your situation is, no matter what your storm is, in that moment, in the most despair that you can possibly see, I've seen this time and time and time again. I've seen people that are going through the worst situations that you possibly can imagine, situations that you would never wish on people. And the joy and the peace that is present in their lives. is overwhelming. It's overwhelming because Jesus is a promise. He's not an empty, hopeless God that's just gone and far and just waiting for us to do the right dance so that maybe he'll do something for us. He's a present, active God who loves us, who has pursued us, and said, listen, attach yourself to me, secure yourself to me, and I will fill you with joy, hope, and peace, and no matter what situation you find yourself. And guess what? Not only will I give you joy and peace, but then, guess this? you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit, a confident hope to go and do what he's called you to do, to be able to fulfill the destiny that he is pulling you to because he's the anchor to your soul, that when you look at him, you don't just have to go to life and say, man, maybe the situation's gonna work out. I hope today's a good day, but that you can walk out today and say, today might be a crappy day, but my hope is not based on what happens. My hope is not based on what I'm walking out of right now. My hope is based on Jesus Christ. And I can walk out with confidence and power in the Holy Spirit to be and do what Jesus has called me to do. Amen? Amen. And if the worship team can make their way up. As we continue to talk about this Project Hope and what this means for us and what this looks like. Make sure that you're reminding yourself, when you're in those most difficult situations, that this is not this is not throwing a coin in the wishing well. That that God is our source of hope, but but in that there's responsibility and and the, and there's action that's required on our part. That if He's our source of hope. We've got to make sure that we're detaching ourselves from the things that we have formally secured ourselves to. That we stop looking at those things as a source of hope. We'd be honest about it. It doesn't mean you leave your job because you thought your income was gonna be something that would change things, but you've gotten into it and you're like, you know what, my income, it's great, but it hasn't changed anything. I've actually got more problems. It doesn't mean you need to leave your job, but it just means, you know what, you've tried to make that an anchor and it's not an anchor. Just detach yourself from it and then say, I'm going to make myself attached to Christ and He's going to be the anchor of my situation. He's going to be the anchor of my soul. And you will find that it's going to be difficult. There's going to be some storms that are going to come. But you begin to find in your job, and your circumstance, you begin to find the reason that you're there. And you begin to see the destiny that God's going to fulfill in you and the place that He has you. Not to run from things, just to run to Him and say, here's where you've got me. I'm gonna take myself from the things that I've made my source of hope before and I'm gonna make you my source of hope. So I'm gonna be honest about it. I'm gonna have conversations with people I need to have. You need to be in life groups so you can have these conversations with people. Why are we doing the marriage retreat? Because you can have these conversations. These are moments that God can speak into your life and say, listen, you've tried to anchor yourself to something that's not capable of being an anchor. You're drifting, you're floating, you're going in places you don't wanna go because you've made that an anchor. These are moments that help you to do that and you detach yourself and say, I'm gonna attach myself to Christ. And you've gotta remember this, that an anchor is meant to keep you secure, not to remove you. An anchor is meant to keep you secure. So maybe he's not gonna take you out of your situations. Maybe he does, but maybe he doesn't. More times I've found that God keeps you in the cruddiest of situations, not because he's a cruel God, but because this is a jacked up world and he's got something he wants to do in you. In those situations, he's able to help you to see the junk that needs to be removed, the stuff that needs to be moved, and for you to say, I know who you are and I'm attaching myself to you and you alone. Allow him to be the source of hope that fills you with joy and peace. Allow Him to be the source of hope that fills you with with joy and with peace, and His Holy Spirit that inspires you, that moves you to go and fulfill the destiny that He has for you. So, as we get ready to sing the song, what I want you to do is is I just want you to take a moment wherever you are in your relationship with God. I want you to say, God, in this moment. If I've attached myself to anything as an anchor, if I've tried to secure myself to something other than you, God, reveal that to me. Begin to show me that so that I can detach myself. And if you find yourself in a storm, you find yourself in a situation, and you're wanting God just to pluck you and move you, say, God, you know what? I'm going to look at my situation different. And I'm going to say, you have me where you have me, and I want you to do in me what you need to do in me that you are the anchor of my soul, that you don't need to necessarily move me, but you're meant to secure me and keep me where I'm at. And when that happens, you're gonna do something in me that I never could have done in myself. So give yourself to God. Maybe today you find yourself in a place where you have no relationship with God. As we talked about communion today, as we we were having that moment and Pastor Fred said, you had to look back in the story of your life and find a moment where you made a vow of devotion to Christ. And you're like, that isn't present, or maybe it wasn't one day, but I didn't really mean it, or I haven't stayed true to that. But tonight you need to say, you know what? I've tried everything. I've looked everywhere. I've looked for the right anchors, and I'm realizing they're all the wrong ones, but Jesus is the right one. And so for you tonight, this is your moment, just to say, God, I see you seeing me. I'm yours. God, I'm anchoring myself and attaching myself to you. You are my ability to hope, You are my reason for hope. You're my reason for confidence and joy and peace. And I'm running to you tonight. So will you stand and worship with me?